Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Ephesians. Today is episode 609. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 14. Let's read our passage. In him we have also received an inheritance, because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will so that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. In him you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. This is Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. Tychicus is dropping this letter off on his way to Colossae. Paul is in prison, as recorded at the very end of the book of Acts. And he's sending this letter to Ephesus just to lift him up. They don't seem to have any great problems there, but every church needs encouragement, and every church needs to hear this message of hope that Paul is sending. We're in this first section, in chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, is this one long run-on sentence. And we broke it up into three parts. The first part, verses 3 through 6, are looking at the past. Election. Before creation, God had this plan that included choosing people to be saved. Then we looked at the present in verses 7 through 10. And the present was about redemption, about coming to Christ, being saved. And now, this last part, we're looking ahead to the future, talking about our inheritance in Christ. So the first part, the focus was God the Father. The second part, the focus was God the Son. And this one, the focus is on the Holy Spirit. Let's dive into it. Verse 11, he says, In him we have also received an inheritance. So in him is Christ. Now, inheritance, the, the structure of the sentence it could be translated two different ways. It could be translated as, we are an inheritance, or it could be translated as, we have received an inheritance. And just because of the Greek grammar, it would be perfectly grammatically correct to translate it either way. And actually, either way is theologically correct. We are an inheritance in that the Bible teaches we are Christ's people and God gives us to Christ and we are Christ's inheritance as his people. But then we're also told that we receive an inheritance from God, a promise for the future. So it would be grammatically correct to translate it either way. It would be theologically correct to translate it either way. But I think the context, why most Bible translators translated as received inheritance because that fits the context of what Paul's talking about. So we've received this inheritance. Now what's an inheritance? It's something you receive from your ancestors. What's the inheritance we receive? Now, who do we receive it from? Well, we receive it from God. But what is it? Well, back in verse 3, he mentioned that He's blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavens in Christ. So, okay, you can kind of say that's this inheritance we've received, all the spiritual blessings in heaven in Christ. Well, that's kind of broad. 
But another way to think about it is we're just recipients of all of God's promises to his people. People who do not know Christ, the promise they receive is condemnation. But those who belong to Christ are the recipients of all the promises that God made. So if you just look through the, the New Testament, all the promises that are made towards God's people, and this isn't exhaustive, but it's a pretty long list, were promised peace, love, grace, wisdom, eternal life, joy, victory, strength, guidance, power, mercy, forgiveness, righteousness, truth, fellowship with God, spiritual discernment, heaven, eternal riches, glory. Like I said, that's not an exhaustive list, but that's quite a bit. That's some pretty neat stuff there. So these are the promises that constitute the inheritance. And some of these we can enjoy here and now. Some of them are a future promise. Because on, we received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. So here he's back to this idea of predestination set in place beforehand. The election occurred before creation. That is, people would be saved. And part of that was predestined. That is, setting up beforehand that this is the way it would be predestined for this inheritance according to the plan of the one who works out everything. Who's the one that works out everything? Well, God's the one who works out everything. And it's in agreement with the purpose of his will. All this is saying, God's laid all this out beforehand. It's his plan. And notice, that's all according to God's plan, not according to what we do. We don't have to earn this. We don't have to score a certain test score on this to to get this. This is part of God's plan laid out beforehand that we receive this inheritance, these promises. Then continues verse 12. So that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. So who's this applicable to? Those who have put their hope in Christ. Those who have trusted Christ. Those who have believed the gospel those who have experienced forgiveness of sin, justification by faith, Christians. These are the ones that this is all applicable to. And what is our only reasonable response to this? Praise. So that's what he's basically saying here. Those of us who put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. When we think about what an amazing thing this is, we should be driven to praise God for his mercy. Praise God for his promises. Praise God for our inheritance. Praise God for our opportunity to know him. So it should bring us to praise. And this goes along with the, this message running throughout Ephesians is, hey, Ephesian people, try to get a grip on how amazing it is to be able to know God. Verse 13, he continues, In him, that is in Christ, you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. So let's talk about being sealed first. He says you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. Well, what's a seal? Well, seal's a, an official 
certificate, essentially. It could be you know, a lot of ways. It could be a piece of paper. It could be a wax with an imprint on it. It could be a lot of things. But it's uh, an official designation that something is authentic. You seal a letter so that, you know, it hasn't been tampered with. You know, it's authentic. It could be a seal showing a sign of ownership. It could be a seal as a sign of protection. When they went to Pilate after Jesus' crucifixion and said, hey, we're afraid somebody might want to tamper with that tomb, he ordered the tomb sealed. That is an official seal put on it that would be broken to basically provide protection. You'd be punished by law to break this seal. So it could be any of these things. And actually all of them would, would be appropriate here of authenticity, ownership, protection, all those things are applicable to our relationship with God. I think that the biggest point here is the authenticity, is the idea that the Holy Spirit provides the authenticity of these promises, the authenticity of our inheritance. Well, how's that? Well, in Romans 8.16, Paul talked about this. He said, actually starting in verse 15, he said, you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. Well, the idea here, the Holy Spirit provides this internal testimony that we know the gospel is true and we know we have a relationship with God. You say, well, that sounds pretty subjective. Well, kind of is. That's where I'm in no position to say whether or not you have a relationship with God. I can judge your actions. I can see whether or not there's any fruit of the Spirit and respond accordingly. And if there's no evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life, chastise you, admonish you, encourage you, but I can't say, no, you are not a child of God. The Holy Spirit reveals that to you, that you are a child of God. And so this is the Holy Spirit being that seal, showing the authenticity of our salvation. And when did that occur? When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed. So when you believed, when you believed the truth of the gospel and your state of sin, and your desire for forgiveness, that's when you were justified by faith. That's when you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's when you were adopted by God. All that happened at the same time. Then verse 14, the Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. So it's back to the idea of the inheritance. Some of the inheritances. Now, some of the inheritance is later, and the Holy Spirit's the down payment of that inheritance. That is, shows the authenticity of that inheritance, something incredibly valuable to show that there's more yet to come. And will that happen? The redemption of the possession. So the redemption of the possession, speaking of the end times, when God wraps everything up, and who's the possession? We are, the, the people of God. God's people are the possession, and that's to the praise of his glory. Again, we see this, we should say, praise to God. 
So this finishes this verses 3 through 14, a long run-on sentence where he's speaking of past, present, future, God the Father, God Son, God the Holy Spirit, election, redemption, and inheritance. All this is incredibly important and incredibly good news. And we see throughout it, should our response be all this? Praise. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Ephesians.